Hello, and welcome to the Grand Cinema Hotel, a podcast hosted by three friends who love cinema. I'm Gus, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Nate and Alvaro. Tonight, you'll be staying in Room 125, The Northman, a Viking epic and the third feature film by Robert Eggers. So go ahead, get comfortable, and throw on that Do Not Disturb sign as we get our revenge with The Northman. Skull! For now, I will haunt this farm like a hungry corpse returned from the grave. What's going on, all you children of Odin? Thanks for checking back into Grand Cinema Hotel. As always, if you're listening on YouTube, go ahead and smash the like button, please. And go ahead, and if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music, podcast app, subscribe, hit that notifications button so anytime we drop a new video, you know. But that takes us into The Northman, the movie that we have been waiting for for what feels like a million fucking years, but it's here. We saw it. We saw it twice. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We have a lot to say about it, I think. So, yeah, what do you what do you guys think? How'd you feel going into it? It was a nice comeback after taking a week off. Yeah, for, for real. Sure. Um I th- Explaining the absence, first of all. Mm-hmm. What happened was, uh, I'm dumb, and when we planned out the Robert Eggers three weeks, <laughs> month, slash thing, uh, w- we started one week too early, because I forgot how weeks work. <laughs> 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 so we should have started one week later, and that way we would have had all three Eggers epi- Edgers episodes. <laughs> 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 Anyways, we would have uh, had all three Eggers episodes out, one right after another, but... We had a week off, and I had my baby shower, so that woo, was, woo, that shout was out a big ben. deal. The fourth member is almost here. <laughs> um, baby Grand Cinema member is on the way. She'll, she'll be here to help give us some analysis. I can't wait. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How long like. until she can see the North? <laughs> exactly. I don't know, maybe three? Yeah, <laughs> as soon as she can contextualize it and understand what's going on. Um, but, yeah, so seeing the Northman after having that week off was, it was incredible. I had an amazing time watching it. Um, I enjoyed it a lot more the second time than I did the first time. That's not to say I didn't enjoy it, but I don't know. I do think maybe we got a little too caught up in how excited we were for Who, this us? Movie. Yeah. With Robert us, Eggers? There's yeah, no way. Uh, <laughs> Nate only said, the Northman, 15 times <laughs> on the car on the way there. <laughs> um, but I do think that this still lived up to my expectations and also blew me away in many different ways. Um I think Robert Eggers is three for three, and I'm yeah. still so excited to see what he does next, which will not be Nosferatu. But dude, rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> That's still killing but, me, man. Yeah, I I had an amazing time. I'm just as satisfied as I would be with any of his other or with his other two movies. Yeah, for sure. What about you, bro? Um, where do we start? Um, <laughs> I guess just bouncing off of what Gus said, we watched it twice. Um, the first time we watched it, I walked out feeling a little disappointed, honestly. So then I went to go watch it again, obviously just to suit up for the pod, make sure we know our stuff. Um, Which felt, we still don't probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's still, um, it did feel better, that's for sure. But I had to re kind of like configure what I was going in for once I knew what I was getting out of it. Um, it still is a really good movie. It still is a movie that I think people should go out and watch right now. I think at its at its core, it's at least you're supporting ideas or unique ideas being given a 90 million dollar budget and i think that is more important to go support it than anything else right now at the moment respect yeah i think 
the first time I saw it, I, I don't know if I was disappointed, but I think I think it's kind of like the common theme that's going around with this movie is that, you know, it's that story. Like, it's been done. It's The Lion King. It's Hamlet. It's Hamlet. Black like Panther. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's true. And it's been done. So, I guess the story, in a way, kind of feels almost a little, you know... Maybe not hollow, but, you know, basic or rudimentary. But I think that Eggers did a phenomenal job of what he does, of inserting you into, you know, the land and in the story itself. It's just, it's very immersive. And I think that, I also think if it, if anybody else had this movie, it, it definitely would not have been as good. But I think, I think he crushed it, really enjoyed it. Like we said, I think I enjoyed it more the second time. But definitely. so much fun. So I want to bounce off of two things. The first one was Roe about the, like, the supporting the movie because it's you know it's original it's got this 90 million dollar um budget or whatever i see a lot of people saying that so it's not like it's just Roe saying that but i don't think that the movie needs that extra push of support of like but you need to support original ideas because yes that is true but i think this movie holds up on its own without that added handicap of like well you should want to support this movie because it's good for cinema that this movie exists um, yes, I, I agree with that very much, but I don't think that this movie, that needs to be handicapped into the beginning of like, you got to support an original movie. Like I, I think this stands up. It doesn't need the asterisk. Yeah. yeah. No, I see. I see what you're saying. Do you think it is important to support a movie like this? Um, but like you're saying, like, I don't think it, it, it doesn't really need like that, the handholding of like, you know, like go see this movie to support Robert Eggers, like blah, 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 blah. Like this movie's badass and like fucking rad. dude it really is like he 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 really dude i don't know <laughs> dude, this movie's so badass but what was the second thing you wanted to say oh so how you had mentioned that the story is kind of rudimentary so there's this guy i watch on youtube his name's john solo and he does a lot of origin videos on just all different types of mythology and i didn't know that this, a soft brain way of saying it is to be like, well, there's hyperlinks that you can click on, right? Mm -hmm. And there's all these different stories, but old like mythology has these like codes of like, this is this type of story with this type of twist. And then like, you can go find a bunch of stories that are the exact same thing. So I think that's why, because the nature of these old stories is like, there's so many different ones that are the same exact thing, just told through different cultures and, like, now we have the ability to, you know, cl click on a hyperlink and find, okay, 15 revenge stories. And then you read them and you're like, these are all exactly the same. Right. Yeah. And I think it was just kind of almost maybe I was thrown off the first time I saw it because Robert Eggers really, his first two movies, The, the Witch and the Lighthouse, obviously those are movies that you can almost dissect more and, like, mm -hmm. look deeper into, kind of pull back the layers. Like, I know we talked about on the other two podcasts. Whereas this one, it really is like, okay, this is the story. It even opens. Like, the opening basically tells you exactly what's going to happen throughout the entire movie. Like Shrek. Right? <laughs> Straight up. This movie is actually Shrek 5. So, yeah. but no, like, but this movie is all about, like, it really is about the filler. And, like, all the different things that he, he did with all the rituals. And just, like, it was just so much fun, like, seeing all the different little side quests that he almost had to go on. Like, it reminded me more of, like, almost, like, like a video game or something. And I yeah. thought it was a lot of fun in that way. When I saw it with you and your brother yesterday, I made the joke because I know he plays Dark Souls. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is like a like Elden Ring, right? Like this is if Elden Ring was a movie or if Dark Souls was exactly. a movie. And even some of the stuff in it feels like side quests. That like, okay, I have to acquire my sword. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to go into this cave and fight a evil dead undead <laughs> exactly. spirit to get the sword and like 
That is some video game. Ass it's straight shit. up. I told. I looked at Blake, my brother, yesterday when we were watching. Shout it. out, Blake. Shout out, Blake. What up, Blake? Inmate. But, <laughs> Inmate Blake. <laughs> but uh, when he was fighting the 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 mound dweller, that's what it was called. Yeah. I looked at him. I was like, "This is exactly like clearing the crypts in Skyrim." Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is exactly what it is. Yeah, this might be like one of the most video game movies, and it's not even based off of one. No, but. it's not. It really is just like a buckle up. Like, I'm going to take you on this ride, and it's going to be brutal, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be pretty fucked up. And I that's exactly what this movie is. And he knocked that out of the park. Yeah, so I know that we kind of, all three of us have kind of changed our opinion from the first viewing to the second viewing. Um, I feel like I, I liked it. And even in my first Letterboxd review, I was like, I don't even know what to say yet. And then by the second time, I was like, no, this is fucking rad. And I think it's because I took I took the expectations away once I had seen it yeah. now. And I'm like, okay, this isn't like The Lighthouse and this isn't like The Witch. This is something completely new. This is more in line with movies we've covered like Indiana Jones or mm-hmm. like movies we've talked about like Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. and stuff like that. Like, it's an epic. This is Robert Eggers doing mainstream. And I still think that even though it's mainstream – pretty simple filmmaking from a storytelling point of view that this is still really, really effective. And this is kind of like, a, you know what I, how I see it now? It's like if Quentin Tarantino actually made that Star Trek movie that he said he was going <laughs> yeah. to, where it's like, this is just something I really like and I really want to do it. And I want the most amount of people to see it. And I don't know this, this movie just fucking works for me, especially after the second viewing. I would agree, hundred percent. I mean, I can't. I the things I don't like is that I just think it's a tiny bit too long, and this whole talk of a director's cut, I don't really want to see it because I'm like, this movie feels long enough already. Do I really is thirty or forty more minutes gonna save this movie and make it so much better? I I really can see. Maybe not. Maybe just be even more badass though. You know what I mean? But no, I think would it be more fights or would it be more rituals though? Because I. You know, it's it's the monkey's paw. Be careful. Yeah, that's for. true. But uh, <laughs> no, for real, there there were a lot of rituals in it. I did like those, but no, I think this movie did a really good job of like obviously like it's it's a straight up action adventure, yeah. like it really is. But Eggers did a really good job. I feel like with blending these like fantasy elements to it, like obviously Mysticism. like yeah, like he he really does incorporate that well, and it kind of. Not takes away, but it's almost, like, not just an action-adventure. Like, it's not quite to the fantasy level of, like, like the Green Knight or something like that, where it's just, like, everything is so, right, everything is so, like, mystical and, like, you know what I mean? But this movie did a really good job in blending all that stuff and making it feel realistic in that time in that world, and I I appreciate that. It reminded me of that elusive film that we might cover one day. (laughs) Oh, The Green Knight? (laughs) Maybe. Because of the opening, for one, like you said, it lays out the entire story for you, Mm -hmm. and it tells you everything that's going to happen, and maybe if you had subtitles, you'd understand it a little more. That's why, because the first time I saw it, I was like, all right. And yeah, then the right. second so time going. I was really listening and I was like, he really just laid out this whole story right here. Yeah. And I can fuck with that. And that reminds me of the Green Knight too, where they basically just kind of tell you how it is from the get-go and then you just kind of go on this ride. The, yeah, the painting mm-hmm. with the whole entire story on Straight it. up. Or Shrek. Or, Sh- <laughs> or Shrek. <laughs> but I mean, so many of those classic Disney movies have done that as well with like the story the storybook literally opening and telling mm-hmm. you what's going to happen. And that's when you have to absolutely crush the filling part. Like, you know what I mean? Like everything in the middle, like you have to knock that out of the park. It's all filler, but it's all killer. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, dude. Like I just, I still can't get over like 
I know we were talking about earlier, and you said that you wish the movie was a little bit bloodier, and I I can almost kind of agree with that. But there is this movie was so brutal, like yeah. the brutality in this movie was something that I haven't seen in a movie since. Like honestly, I can't even think of something. But it was gnarly, bro. What the fuck? Okay, sorry, guys. There's a, a really crazy sound I've never heard it's, before. It's, it's a Valkyrie shrieking. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a banshee screaming at the Tempest. <laughs> um, the 300 allegations, do they hold up? Do they not hold up? Do you see this being a new generation 300 like we've talked about before? Yeah, I do. I Is do that bad or so. good? It just depends on what side of the fence you sit on. Well, I, 300 is a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. It is an alpha male masterpiece. I will say that. I do think that. This is the bro movie. This yeah. Is, this is the bro movie. This is the movie that every dude to be going to know Robert Eggers for. This I want to punch you guys in the chest and howl like wolves right now. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like that, that's the bro, this is the bro movie. So, yeah, like, I, I, yeah, it depends how you see it, if that's a good or bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing, too. I don't think it leans necessarily as hard into maybe the campiness that 300 kind of yeah, does. Yeah, exactly. Especially maybe now watching it, like, nowadays. But it is that same level of, like, we're going to bro the fuck down. We're going to howl at the moon. And we're going <laughs> to, like, That's you funny. know what we're I mean? Drink blood. <laughs> yeah. We're going to bite people's faces <laughs> like, off. For real. We're going to dance naked. I'm going to chop you up and turn you into a horse. <laughs> like, That's some of the cool-ass parts of this movie, for sure. The Like, the Viking ritual mm-hmm. when they're dogs. And then, like, just changing into that before they go to battle so they're like ruthless as fuck and it shows that in the scenes where they they after yeah that stuff's crazy i like what he says he's basically like he's like you shed your skin and you can have it back like when when we're done with what we need to do basically i like that ritual a lot that was hard yeah it's just the the silhouette of the guy wearing like uh he looks like a demon but he's wearing an animal's like it's like a bison head or something and then it's got like horns or antlers Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's fucking it's so sick i think that's probably (laughs) one of the most stunning visual sequences i've seen in a very long time and alexander skarsgård gives one of the most terrifying performances that man is feral 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 is a perfect animalistic 100 he's a bear wolf in man's clothing it's crazy in my (laughs) review i put i can't believe that in the dictionary if you look up adult man me and him are the same thing like there's no way there's no way get their rope cut from a different cloth (laughs) if this is generations 300 it will inspire you to get absolutely jacked all right so can we talk about the whole expectation i know we kind of covered this slightly but the expectation of it being like another like the other robert eggers movies do you think it's a bad thing that it's not I i think this is a subjective thing as well I don't think that it's a bad thing that it's not the same as his other two movies. Like, I honestly think it's, especially, like, me personally, I like to see directors branch out and do different types of movies. Like, I know that's why, like, I love PTA. It's because he does all kinds of different movies, you know? Um, And the fact that this one really did hit, like, I think that's really exciting. And I'm curious to see what he's going to do next and whether or not he's going to go back to doing maybe smaller indie type, you know, not as well-known movies or if he's going to keep continuing on this blockbuster type deal or is there going to be like a nice blend of it like i don't know but it gets me excited and i'm curious so. i mean for actors the perfect ratio is like three for them one for me or three for me one for them 
But for directors, I think it should be like a two for me, one for them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to make two I really want, and then I'm going to make one to get the bag. And then I'm going to go back to making the two I really want to make, and then I'm going to go get the bag again. And because, like, the thing is, is, like, obviously this is when, like, he went and got the bag. But Oh, for sure. But, like, this is something that he did really want to do. Like, this is still his vision. So, I like, I think that's why I can appreciate it. Yeah. And And until his stories, like, stop hitting as hard as they do and, like, if he ever shows, like, maybe, you know, he hasn't done the research like he does, then maybe it'll be a problem. But until that happens, I don't see it as an issue. I think that's one of the reasons why this movie will hold up is not to just bang the drum about the historical accuracy, but the fact that the detail is there and what Rose said earlier, or what you said, sorry, what Nate said earlier about 300 maybe not holding up because it's kind of campy and cheesy is that I don't think this movie will have the problem because it's so rooted in historical context where it's like, yeah, okay, maybe in 10 years people are going to be like, this is hella cringe if they still talk like that. (laughs) But but I do think that you're not going to be like, this is campy or this is really out there the way like something like 300 would be, Mm -hmm. which is not really that focused with on historical context. It's more about the entertainment. It's about like ooh rah rah, like yeah. Yeah, exactly. I still think that this movie blends those. So no, it's well. it's the a perfect yeah. With the history, it's like making you eat your vegetables. Yeah. Like, hold on, I'm gonna caramelize these bitches <laughs> yeah. so they taste like sugar. Exactly. <laughs> no, I just yeah, Robert Eggers. I do think he's three for three though. I think so too. And I I would like to see him work on this scale again, but I I don't think he will. Probably not. No. Which I I wouldn't. I'm not gonna be mad about that. Because if you're a filmmaker, you're gonna want that final cut, and if you can't get it, like. You know what? I've made movies that are arguably better on a tiny budget, so why do I need your $90 million? Yeah, because I know he, he was talking about that before he even released, so. Yeah. But you guys want to get into the movie a little more? A little, some details who made this movie? So it's directed by Robert Eggers. Of course. Naturally. What else are you doing here? Um, it's written by him and... Sean, Sean, Sean. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> someone we've covered on this podcast. John. Yeah. S. John. I don't even remember how I said it when I talked about that. But uh, he wrote Lamb, or he co-wrote Lamb, mm-hmm. so he is a returning guest. Welcome back. This is one of our first, I think. It was. It was like second or third. returning guest yet. Someone we've talked about before. I don't know. No, right? I don't know. Uh, I mean, like in the other I'm sure maybe like a a costume designer or cinematographer or something like that. Yeah, that's true. Writers and directors, I don't think we've gone back and like double backed it on anybody. So this is a first for us. This is the third Robert Eggers movie that we did. Yeah, yeah. that's what we're doing. Fair enough, fair enough. (laughs) Third writer, though, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Or like first writer come back. First writer to have a second second showing. So who would have thought it'd be an Icelandic writer? Welcome (laughs) back. Yeah. But uh, so. It's edited by, which I think the editing process in this movie was a huge step up from the last two, for sure. Um, It's by Louise Ford. I thought, especially with the budget, that they were able just to do a lot more. And some of the editing in this movie, I thought they were taking risks, like especially on like the like the Viking the Viking longships. There was a couple of shots where like the way they cut them and then the, like maybe sped up the footage a little bit. Where I was like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I never seen that from him before and his crew, and it probably is now because they have the money to spend. And it's like, yeah, let's try these let's crazy camera it. movements yeah. that we haven't done before. And then you know, cinematographer Jaron Blaschke, his frequent collaborator. I think he took a huge step up in this movie. Dude, as he well. crushed it, especially when you're working with the lighthouse. And that black and white, and not to say that's restricting because that's got its own set of rules and (laughs) math going on on how to make that look the way it does, but 
the look of this movie is phenomenal. And I normally would complain about, like, man, it's all gray. But for this movie, it fucking fits. <laughs> yeah, you know no, I mean? it makes sense. Go ahead, Ro. I say Louise Ford did edit the other two, though. Oh, she did? Yeah. Okay, well, I think she is Welcome well. Welcome back. Huge <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't 100% sure about that, and I kind of gave up on my notes halfway last night. I was like, I'm just going to go vibes on this one. <laughs> but I didn't get to double check if she had done the other two. Which, hey, if we, ha- we hadn't obviously mentioned her before, so yeah, shout out shout to out. you. Mm-hmm. Because... You deserve just as much recognition in this process. I did, the f- especially the first time I saw it, I did notice the camera work and how different it was from his other two movies. Like, there was just a lot of movement with the camera. And it, it really works because, I don't know, you're just in this environment where there's a lot going on and there's a lot of movement in that environment. So I think it makes sense. It's a tiny bit overstimulating, though. It is. I felt a little less overstimulated the second time seeing it. The first time, I, there was some parts where, like, you have the battle going and you have war cries going and you have cameras whirling around and then you have the score on top of it and i was like holy shit like i'm getting you know chopped up right now but since you brought up the score can we just talk about that for one yeah second? yeah That's please incredible amazing. <laughs> like i want to run through a brick wall when i hear the these norsemen it's an incredible score just like some of the great ones we've had recently like fucking dune where i'm just like I want to run through a wall. Well, and speaking of Dune, we had fucking throat singing. Throat singing is back. It is better than ever. Returning guest, throat singers. Throat singers, (laughs) welcome back. Nah, this ancient music, though, is sick. Incredible. No wonder they got all hyped up like this. Dude, I would too. Um, I think maybe one of the last production type of notes or like who made this movie, who distributed this movie is we finally have to bring up that this is not an A24 movie. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, we can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. You know what? I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Though. It's because, just, okay, it's honestly, it's an A24 it's, movie. Yeah. It would not be this big. It's just a thing. Like, you know, it's not good or bad, It'd but be the green it's night. just a Where thing. Like, yeah. All the action took place off screen. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Or there would be one flashback sequence of, his whole life. Like, yeah. yeah. That's the journey he went on. I only saw him come in a rag. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but for real, you just do. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this not being an A24 movie, like you just wouldn't have been able to do the scale that I think this movie really needs to succeed. So yeah. that'll give him like, especially like the beginning. Like I know we were talking about it, but the first hour of this movie is fucking crazy, dude. It's all gas. Like so good. I think a lot of the stuff that makes this film really good is like on set stuff. Um, I know they use some green screen, but not too much. And I think that's where, like, A24 wouldn't, like, we get Lamb last year right by A24, but the movie's set in one place. But this movie, he goes to, like, Iceland, right? Like, this he moves around. He mm-hmm. goes around and Europe. You just, I honestly, just all those scouting locations, all those things, A24 wasn't going to give them. That, and you said they went over budget, and it's probably because of those, like, I know the volcano is, like, they were on the mountain, right? It's not CGI, so stuff like that. You like know how much is probably insurance? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's like the just so many, there's so many things, or those outfits being made authentically, which is all of the stuff that we like, and um, I just think that's the budget where A24 is, like, they would love to. They would have probably loved to do it, but, look, like, that's, like, eight movies for them. 
that. Oh, dude, that's probably like their entire. It's a year's budget. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like even like think about it. Like you had like the long boats. Like how much do those cost? And you had them in the movie for five minutes. You know, so it's just stuff like that. Yeah, Ralph like, Innocent all the way at the end for like <laughs> two minutes. That yeah. was probably so took funny. the actor's minimum. He's like, I'll do yeah. I'll show up. Yeah, two hundred fifty k. I'll show up for a day. Mm-hmm. I get seasick, but it's that okay. he's gonna call her Thomason for a second. <laughs> yeah. Thomason. Oh, I mean, let's bring that up since we're here. Is that uh, it's a recurring cast for the witch mm-hmm. also the Green knight and the lighthouse and the li- oh that's Defoe. true yeah yeah the, all of the frequent collaborators and just more of that green knight uh what do you connection connect connection yeah. yeah i mean the green knight himself is in it mm-hmm. and creepy old lady is in it too <laughs> yeah, you guys know that? yeah. Hey, he's in it for like half a second mm-hmm. and she's blurred out which makes me think if there is a director's cut or when we get the deleted scenes that maybe she will be in those, but sh- she seems to just be playing like a house servant, right? I think a so, slave. yeah. Yeah, but it was nice to just see that the the cast of the witch, all, all the homies are back. Yeah, except the kids. Fuck them kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the new collaborators that we get seem a little um, like Ethan Hawke is on to get out. Like someone you would want to see work at a Negger's movie. It seems like he probably was really thrilled to get that. And the other one I wanted to bring up was like Bjork, because that was an interesting cast casting choice that I think um, it worked. Mm-hmm. She I plays Rafiki in this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I thought it worked. It, it's only because there's uh, her voice just seems to be pretty creepy, honestly. Yeah, it's her first movie since what, like 2005 or something like that. Like she hasn't done anything in a long time. She's a cultural blind spot for me. I'm aware of who she is. I know she's a huge singer, and I know people she's like love a, her. I know she's an icon. Yeah, I know nothing about. her. She's way over my head too. So one of my. This girl that I used to date before, her best friend used to really be into Bjork. Mm. So then I started looking into it like her. (laughs) Yeah, he's. I mean, I think because she's um, in in yeah, like Icelandic and in movies and in a bunch of different art stuff. Like she, she's I guess seen as her own creative venue and forefronting for that and like European type. And then there's videos of her like. Socking reporters too, so she gets down. That's hard. That's tight. Go get him, Rafiki. I'm a fan. Never mind. I stand York. She punches people. She, she, she hits Condones violence. So I'm pissing you off. Just fucking hit him. <laughs> when do I need her to be a doorman one day? Especially after this movie, dude. Just go hit him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. You're always welcomed in our hotel. If you're the people. the one. I mean, it's not even a complaint, really. It's just like a wish that I have is that. It, I wish that you got more of Ethan Hawke and Willem Dafoe in this movie because I thought that Ethan Hawke did such a good job. Like, him and Willem Dafoe in that scene in the very beginning where they're going through their, you know, w- what do you want to call it? The ritual, ritual. With, with Amleth as a kid. Like, that scene was so fucking tight yeah, from an acting like standpoint. So, I don't know. But I wish you got a little Especially because they're, like, telling him his fate. So it's going, cutting back from Ethan Hawke to Willem Dafoe to the Amleth. And it's just, like, the triangle. Yeah, good kid really performance. Good scene. Yeah, he actually yeah. did a good Young job. Amleth does a good job. He did do a good job. Um, that scene that you're referencing is <laughs> that's full Robert Eggers. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's full sending. Like <laughs> look, this is the end of the witch. Fifteen minutes into the movie, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like it's that it's something that would have been a climax before is now just something he throws fifteen minutes in. I did want to bring up the actor Young Amleth. Did you guys recognize that he's the same kid from the Batman? Oh, is that is that really interesting? Hot year, interesting. Hot year. He's, he's killing it. Movies. That's hard. That's hard. <laughs> Batman right? is the Dwarven. That's Damn. hard. Give me my royalties, homie. I'm yeah, going to it ain't getting better than that. His, his name's Oscar Novak. That's cool. He's in, those are the two movies that he's been in. Is he the um, 
is he uh, the beginning? The kid, the senator. What? It's not a senator. The people he's a that mate. they think is might be the next Robin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, is that kid going to be Robin? Is yeah. that the new broom boy? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Is that the new broom boy? All right. Hey, maybe. Dude, hey, but that's setting scene, him up pretty nicely. That scene though of Willem Dafoe and uh, Ethan Hawke is in- incredible. Absolutely yeah, incredible. incredible. And I think if you love Robert Eggers and you're, oh, I hope this is like The Witcher, like. The lighthouse, these sequences that you get yeah. of hallucinogenic rituals are the closest you're going to get to that, like art house stuff that you know and love him for. But that's definitely on the back burner in this movie. But it is what it is, man. This is this is a movie for the mainstream. This is a movie to entertain people. This isn't an A twenty. This isn't an A twenty four movie. If you like, so it's but it's going to be very different. The more and more I do think about it, I, it is so cool that he just th- th- throws that stuff in. Like you Hell know what yeah. I mean? He's like, this ain't just a regular everyday action adventure movie. Like yeah. this is fucking. You know, I don't know. If this my, is me. My wife had no expectations for this because she just doesn't care. She's like, <laughs> okay, we're gonna go see a cool movie. Like I'm, I'm down. Mm-hmm. I've seen the lighthouse. I've seen the witch. I like his movies. Yeah, let's just go. You don't need to tell me anything. And when we walked out, she told me she's like, that had a lot more magic. And mysticism in it than I I was expecting. Like I was expecting it to just like you told me it was this Viking revenge movie, so that okay it would be pretty straightforward, just gore and blood and fighting. She's like, but I I wasn't expecting there to be that much magic or that much that many references to it at least because some of the stuff is a little ambiguous. Of, right? Is this magic? Is it not magic? But there but definitely is the Taylor Joy character. Right, right. But yeah, there's there a, there's a lot going mm-hmm. on. There is with with that stuff, which I think. It just feeds to that good balance between them. Those are all my the reasons why I think that the rewatch of this movie, I solidified the things that in the first one, I was like, I like those. And the second rewatch, I was like, I love those parts. And that was one of them as Ethan Hawke and um, Willem Dafoe having that and change the other the chant when he's becoming a beast. What did you say? Like a wolf beast? A bear wolf. Bear wolf. That's like all of the stuff that Eggers would have had in all of his other movies. I love those things in this movie. And I think, um, like you said, if you're looking for that, from his prior movies, they are in there. There's they're they're intertwined in there, but they definitely take the back burner. Right. You know, now that I'm, now that you're saying that, it's making me think how how Nate said like I love when a director branches out and tries something new. We've joked before and off pod uh, specifically about how some art house quote unquote or indie movies or you know snobby shit that mm-hmm. we like, right? Usually these things are like payoffs for. I okay, you paid attention and you were a good boy. Like, and I'm gonna give you a cool little Viking dance. Yeah, forty five. Here's a cookie. In. Yeah, here's a cookie for paying attention. Mm-hmm. Right, this movie is the opposite. It's like all overstimulation, <laughs> all gore, all magic, all fucking hallucinogens, all this shit. Right, and then the like the ritual stuff is like it's it's like the opposite. It's you like the tone I mean? back, it's like, like yeah, almost. It's like, okay, Tony back. Yeah, it's like give me my, give dance. me the cookie back. Relax. So this movie's like over, it's almost like an overcompensation for what could be considered boring before. Yeah. You know, like if if you think maybe the witch is a little boring, like I like a lot of this stuff, but eh, it's kind of boring. This movie is like no, this is not boring. Yeah, at no. all. This, this is, is in your fucking opposite. face. Yeah, yeah it's. All, and the lighthouse is in the, is a perfect balance. <laughs> and the lighthouse is a perfect film. Yeah, and the lighthouse is perfect. Yeah, exactly. But I do think that the book ending of the Northman and the Witch are just so so different, and you can really just see how far this guy has come in such a short amount of time. Big I mean, it's less. It's been less than ten years. Yeah, we've these three movies. Three out bangers. Of it's ridiculous. Yeah. No, it's absolutely crazy. 
the other actress I did want to bring up, first time working, is Nicole Kidman. I thought she did a really the good AMC job. The AMC lady? Yeah. Dude, the yeah. AMC lady. Karate chops never felt good in a place like this. Because, you know, she, she got that nomination for being the Ricardos, Boom. which I, yeah, I haven't watched and have no interest in watching. But I wonder if she'll get any nod for this, which I think she did a really good job. Too early in, in the year. She was, yeah, it might be too early in the year, but she was really uh, like creepy at one point. I th- she had like she had that one scene to like shine and she, she killed it. it like yeah. that was like her scene i felt like and it was just so out of fucking pocket <laughs> you, know, you, just like, this movie, you know the scene because no one can shut up about this scene. yeah yeah just a lot. i mean i know nicole kidman <laughs> has been memed on for the past year or year and a half or whatever but she's still nicole kidman she's nicole kidman she's one of the greatest actors to yeah. ever live like <laughs> of course she gave a good performance yeah, exactly this is, this is this joke has gone on too far just because she did a couple cringe things. Yeah, <laughs> it has gone too far. And I think um, th- this might be, though, I haven't kept up with her. With her, I think the last movie I saw her in was uh, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to say this was the first movie that I've seen her in since that, too, that was actually given to her because of her acting prowess. It's not because she's Nicole Kidman and being the Ricardos is like, oh, you could be. Lucy, but it's kind of like, well, they went for the star power. Yeah. That one, Aaron Sorkin's a fucking idiot. Like, you <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't really feel like she was the person for it. Like, I don't know. Anyways, but besides that, it felt like this was one of the ones that shows why she's such a good actress. Mm-hmm. Of course. I mean, and tying her with Alexander Skarsgård, they've worked mm-hmm. together before. I don't watch this show, but Big Little Wives. Their husband and wife on that show. Wife, this, yeah, they're, they're uh, mom and son. But Nicole Kidman. Got all types of love and awards and nominations for that performance mm-hmm. as well. So how quickly people forget, well, the internet, right? The I mean, collective yeah. they. Annoying. Tomorrow's, yeah, yesterday. <laughs> Tomorrow, forgotten. Yeah. There'll be a meme. She'll be a meme again as soon as this exactly. movie leaves the public conscience in two weeks. They seem but, to do, yeah. Yeah. I need to get her off the damn AMC opening, bro. I can't take yeah, it anymore. I can't take it. Well, hey, that's what happens when you only go to one movie. Theater, I mean, right? yeah. if we went anywhere else, we would. You want to see the Matt Damon crypto commercial? I don't think so. But <laughs> you'd be like, you should be happy that you're getting Nicole Kidman. <laughs> oh, Maria Menudos. <laughs> Not Tropical Joe or whatever the hell his name is. The new guy. Tropical <laughs> Joe. Um, can we continue with the cast since yep. we're here? Uh, I don't know how much we're gonna get into this movie, like plot wise. Probably not a whole I would lot. like to spoil it a bit and just bring up some more cool moments, but for now, I think we can focus on the cast, yeah? yeah? So, like we said, Ethan Hawke, he plays the king. Do you guys want to attempt to say the names? I, I got that one. Arvindale War yeah, Raven. Arvindale yeah. War Raven. The Wolf Raven. That shit's so hard. Yeah, the, him <laughs> being the whole Raven. Thing, that was the thing that I had written down, too, that, like, the superstitious parts, we kind of already touched about that, but, like, him being, like, the Raven, stuff like that, that reminded me of, like, everything that Eggers really brings to his projects and why... I really like him, and um, that the first time I kind of didn't catch that that was one of his names, and then the second time I watched it, I caught them call, like um, calling him that, and I was like, "Oh shit, okay." Yeah, and these ravens play a huge part in yeah. the movie. Mm-hmm. They're 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 a guiding force, like they are part of his destiny. Yeah, part of it, bro. You can't have no mythology without it's no like birds. follow the breadcrumbs, but the birds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many people, so many different things. Just uh, birds always come in especially ravens have you ever noticed Mm -hmm. like there's always something about them that's mythical or some kind of mysticism behind them whether it's native american mythology or even shit like edgar Allan poe making ravens scary or the viking mythology they're everywhere i mean shit even in uh what is it uh macbeth 
You know what I mean? Macbeth, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, everywhere. Like, they really do. You can't have fantasy without ravens. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I don't know why, but they... I think it's just because they're so beautiful. And they, it works. And they're super smart, right? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen that they're, like, ridiculously smart. And it's also because since, like, they're all black and they're kind of common, nobody seems to really... Like, when you see a raven, they're like, oh, it's a raven. You don't really think it's anything crazy because they're kind of common. That's true. I seen one the other day that really caught my eye. I was looking, I was in the car and I looked at the side. I was like, damn, that shit's beautiful. It's you a in, huge you, one, too. You introduce yourself? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> um, but yeah, Ethan Hawk, great performance, short performance. That's, yeah, that's my thing. I mean, I, th- I feel like we all know that. That's mm-hmm. given away in the trailer. I will avenge yeah. you, father. The entire <laughs> movie. That's funny. The entire movie's really given away in the trailer too. But yeah. yeah, well, there's not anything to give away. Exactly. That's what. It, that's the whole point. Do you I guess. want to see someone get revenge? Yes. Yes or no? Go see the Buckle movie. Buckle up. Like, yeah. yeah. Do you not want to? Then don't watch it because that's the only thing it's about, and it's fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, for now. It's my second favorite revenge movie behind Mandy. Mm, but damn. I can't say that yet because I haven't seen them. Both got two two crazy title card movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Damn. But Ethan Hawke, wonderful performance. An interesting thing I heard him say about the movies that he always wanted to know what it would be like to be on the set of Apocalypse Now. So that he he was like, I've been hunting for a project that would give me that that energy. And he says that he got it on this one. And one thing he had told Robert Eggers was like, you've done everything. Like in this movie, there's nothing that isn't in this movie. So now after this, you could do anything because you've already done everything. You literally did it all right yeah, here. So it's like true. after you cover you covered so much ground in this movie that you shouldn't be scared of doing anything moving forward. And with that apocalypse now energy, I, I, I get it, but you those kind of things will never be replicated. No, no way. No, Robert Eggers didn't mortgage his house to yeah, exactly. make this movie. You know, <laughs> they were going crazy they in the were jungle. In the jungles <laughs> yeah. of Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> going psycho. No. I mean, this movie wasn't even really filmed on location. It was filmed in Ireland. Mm. It wasn't filmed in Iceland or whatever. In the mud. I saw the mud. I was like, nope, nope. no thank you. I don't think I could live back then. <laughs> I don't think I would have thrived in Viking times, but maybe. <laughs> Strictly <laughs> the mud. <laughs> but, yeah, so Ethan Hawke, Nicole Kidman. We'll get the... Uh, I feel like Alexander Skarsgård is. We should hold off. On I mean, that he is the he's the movie, yeah, right. So Anya Taylor Joy, phenomenal. Well, she did a really good job. Yeah, I thought she did a really good job. The way she can control language is impeccable. Mm. You know what I mean? Like whether it's this, which I found out is ancient Ukrainian, which is because the land of the Rus that they go to mm-hmm. is ancient Ukraine. Okay, so this movie is actually weirdly relevant to today when you think about the violence going on in Ukraine now and then the violence. Of these Vikings back then, and it's like, dude, they can't catch a break. Never fucking change. <laughs> they, they can't catch a break. Like Damn. maybe human beings are just fucking barbaric. Who fucking knows? But I thought that was pretty wild. Once I found that out, it's like, dude, the relevancy of that. Like, how can a Viking movie be relevant to today? And it pro- it's like in way more ways than you would think, actually. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I'm sure the way they raid the, the these raids that we see. I'm sure stuff like this is still going on when the military does raids and shit like Probably. that. Right? So anyways, I got off on a on a tangent about that, but yeah, I just thought that was, <laughs> that was so wild to me. I was like, what the, f- what the fuck? Uh, but Anya Taylor joy, what can, what can you say? Besides, she's, I mean, she's, she's just an incredible actor. Like she really is. You guys want to say, you guys got something to say about her? She, yeah. She's uh 
Yeah, I'm standout performance for me in this whole movie. You think so? I thought so. Yeah, I thought she I did the best acting. Standout in everything. I think so too. So, but yes, I do agree with you that I think she really carries the scenes that she's in. Not that they need carrying, but I just think that she elevates them I, even more. I guess a little bit more context to it is like this. We talked about how this story is pretty straightforward and it's pretty barbaric and it's pretty bloody. But when the scenes that she, he Alexander Skarsgård has with her, it seems like they're very intimate and it seems like they're. They're almost like the stoppers and everything in it. That's where the dynamic of there seems that that's the only dynamic we get in this story where Alexander Skarsgård's character expresses more than just I want revenge and that's it. There's more dynamic to the character when he's with Anya Taylor Joy, and Anya Taylor Joy's character has more dynamic when she's with Alexander Skarsgård. And I think uh, that's why I liked her presence in the film so much because the first time we see her, she's trying to defend what looks like her brother, right? Yeah, and. Even j- just from the get-go, you, there's so much energy um, in that performance, which is just like physical acting. And, yeah, I just I just really like how she was implemented into the story. Like, it, at first, it just seems like she's just another character that's fighting for her brother. And her brother gets thrown in the, um, <laughs> what did, I guess. The barn or yeah, whatever. The, 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 the barn, they Damn. set that shit on fire, which is just crazy to watch, too. Because yeah. we were talking about, like, the barbarity in this movie. I, there was a couple scenes, and they were like, you, you see the kid get put in there. Where you're kind of like, wow, I'm really watching. Like, you know, it's not real, but it's so happened. much fun. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. You're literally, yeah, watching a whole village of people getting slaughtered. But like, it happened. This fun. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but back to what I was saying is, yeah. Then I like how basically slowly they connect, and then it, she becomes such an integral part to the story. No, I agree with you. I think that her chemistry with scars, their chemistry together, is off the chain for this movie. Like, they really killed it. Um, and like you were saying, like the only time where you ever really get peace in this movie is when she and, you know, Skarsgård are doing their thing. And I, I love the scene where they kind of like where they flee, you know, for a little bit and they're just sitting out there by the, um, you know, the hot spring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she, uh, what does he say? He's like, I've never been close to anybody before. <laughs> it's just like, I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is so funny. But that, that scene's one of my favorite cinematography shots, you know, like we're talking about, um, I don't know how much Reese went to that. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, they're in the hot spring, like right as the shot before it closes out, they're in the hot spring in the back, just this gorgeous mountain, you know, and it just looks, why wouldn't you want to be there? Yeah. Reminded me a lot of Anakin and Padme in episode two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so sand, I hate sand. I hate sand. Just like Star Wars. Just like Star Wars. See, I see. I see these connections. This movie these does movies. have heavy Star, Star Wars, Wars and Shrek vibes yep. for sure. Of course. <laughs> and Lion King. It's like, said, it's like this movie is a. This movie falls under a certain like. Okay, I've been there. I've done that. But it's just a fresh take on something I've seen before. Which, when we talked about Macbeth, I remember I had said as well that. It's not like I'm some Shakespeare expert, but once you've seen it once or twice, you know. Like, I, I understand. I get it. So you can put as much fluff and frills and cool aesthetic behind it, but at the end of the day, these stories were always going to hit home a little less because I've, I've been there, done that. So it's just the nature of, of the... It's just the nature of the beast, honestly. Yeah, when like, you've, when it, it is what the, it is. Like These ancient stories like that, mm-hmm. you're going to have to accept that it's not going to be the most original thing you've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. Because usually when they try to go so far off base to make it original, it'd be like, oh, it's Hamlet, but in space. Yeah. It's this, but in this time. You on know on ice. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> on ice. Hamlet in space. Yeah, like, okay. There you go. My favorite Jimmy Neutron. That's fucking funny. (laughs) A lot of callbacks. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. uh, So, staying on Anya Taylor Joy, um, I think you guys did a good job of describing her. But 
I think what she represents in this movie is a chance for him to change his fate. And mm-hmm. it's something that he fails at, but the option is there even though it wasn't foretold. So mm-hmm. she's almost like a, a splinter in like what is she to be she's his the destiny. fork in the road. She can change his And you don't fate. and you don't find that out until he meets the the you know, uh God dang it. The wizard not the wizard, but the what's his witch. name? The he witch, thank yeah. you. In the cave. And that's when he tells him like you'll be faced with an opportunity to, to be, you know, kind. Po- kind to your kin or destroy your enemies or whatever. And so that's when you do have that splinter, and and I like that there is an option there, honestly. You know, I had told you that I had I watched this anime called Vinland Saga, mm-hmm. and it's so similar. It's it's almost like a shot for shot, but in with story beats, but in space, yeah, but in space. <laughs> but uh, nice. I think the reason that Alexander, and this is a spoiler, that Alexander Skarsgård knows that he can't just go with her. Is because in Vinland Saga, this is exactly what happened. This Viking ditched the Viking life, and he ditched his fate, and then eventually it caught up to him again. And I, for me, in my head canon, I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense that he can't stay with her because this will happen. Like, Flonir will chase him to the end of the world to get his revenge. And if it's 10 or 15 years from now, like is what's going on right now, I'll be like, this is a never-ending cycle unless, spoiler, both of them die, which they do. Right. And that's the only way you can end this. So while it does suck and your brother was like, I wish this could have had a happier mm-hmm. ending. It's, it just is what it they is. They told us in yeah. the beginning, it ain't going to happen. You, you know what I mean? So, so even when the option is there for him to change his fate, he, he's not able to. This was the only way though, too, because he talks about it, that, um, his kin will live. He has to do the deal maiden with this. King. I know like this, this has to be dealt with. Mm hmm. Because, like you said, if, if he doesn't deal with it, goes away with him, Fjolnir's going to be pursuing him. And hey, Flonir didn't see it through, and what happened to him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to cut the head off the snake, you know? Yes, you do. You got to make sure of it. That was the only, yeah. And, oh, well, getting back to Anya Taylor-Joy before we move on. What I said about the ambiguous magic in this movie, I feel like that's where she comes into play, too. It's alluded to... There's some slight hints that maybe she does have some things going on, but it's never a, it's not as um, obvious as like, it's not like a fact. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, like, I'm seeing this happen and I know that this is magic. It's all just, I wouldn't want to say sleight of hand, but it kind of seems convenient in some points because like when she, it's a shot in the trailer and this is also a spoiler, but which is funny that those two things are going together. How Mm. come a shot in the trailer is a spoiler, but when she like commands the ship and she's calling out to these wind sisters to take her to the land of her forebears, that is an indication that she does have some kind of powers, but then it also feels a little convenient as well. Exactly. You know Cause I mean? it's like, you, Nightmare Alley. like Nightmare you really, Alley's yeah. Be right? awfully suspicious of it's everything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you haven't, because up until that point she hasn't done anything. And the only thing that she really tells like, you know, anything magical at that point. And she tells, um, Amleth, like when they first meet that her, her ability is her cunning and her like the way that she can speak and like mind. manipulate people. Mm-hmm. So how that plays into like the whole magic thing, I'm not sure. But she obviously is, you know what I mean, like more in tune with you know. She's an ancient crystal. Working with people, yeah. a lot <laughs> exactly. of what I saw it as is like. Uh, I guess this might be a little bit of the spoilers, but um, Fuck which it. we haven't talked. Blow the roof off. On we this. haven't <laughs> we haven't talked about him too much, but Fjolnir, which is played by 
class bang, which I'm I think not it's sure. Just clay, but yeah, but like yeah, that makes sense. Which is probably French, right? I don't. Know. Yeah. Don't any, ask me. <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> like he, they have a couple scenes together, Anya Taylor Joy and him, and he, I guess he basically wants to force himself on mm-hmm. her, and I, I guess like the cunning way that I see her is like she's she's on her period. And, like, the way that she manipulates that. Because at first she's like, oh, it's just a little bit of blood. And then she does and grabs some of it and puts it on his face. <laughs> and he gets disgusted, right? And then I, and then later when he finds out that his son is dead. And he's going through all of the peasants and just, like, slicing their throat. She gets at him really quick, like, right there. And, and she's like, I, kn- I should have known it was you. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way that she uses her language there, it almost seems like she knows how to get to him. By just using her words, and I thought that's what I took from, like, her cunningness of knowing how to get to people is that, like, her language. Cause, because she knows almost so many languages, too, because, so, it's, it's very ambiguous. I could see how, because at first I didn't think she had powers, and then I could see how it's, he does call her, or, she, yeah, Alexander Skarsgård, when he first meets her, talks about something, like, he says he a calls word. Her like, like, a, a spellcaster spell or something? Or like yeah. Spell sayer or something. Yeah, like I think that. that's what he said. It almost feels like a shaman. She's like a shaman. Kind and of. like the sequence of um, spoiler, like when they uh, make love. What? <laughs> <laughs> when they tie the thread of fate together. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when they like Avatar, they tied their braids together. <laughs> Jeez. Um, she starts speaking to the earth. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's like that. It's that Earth mommy magic. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not so much. I kind of take it like when the Vikings are doing their ritual and they're singing in a ritualistic way where it's not so much like I have powers, but it's... You're like, like, call, you're like calling upon the powers of the gods. In tune of na- with nature. Yeah, because yeah. they're like yeah. that, that culture, especially in the ancient times, and I've seen that even still now. A mm. lot of people really do believe in like spirits mm-hmm. and f- fairies and all that. Like to them, that's real. I'm yeah. an energy guy, bro. Exactly. <laughs> so, and that is a big thing that Robert Edgar said about this movie is that for it to be authentic these characters have to believe all of this it can't just be like yeah i i hope there's a god out there it's like no they're doing all of this for their religion you know what i mean like everything is pushed by what they believe in in one way or another so i think that has something to do with it as well that it isn't like a hocus pocus magic yeah like, exactly. oh, look I, I gave you a wedgie <laughs> bibbidi bobbidi boo yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there is certain things she does that are yeah, ambiguous. Like, mm-hmm. there's a mushroom sequence, right? And I think it that, for instance, is not that she has magic powers, obviously, but it's like she made a spell. You know what yeah, I mean? And exactly. she used the trippy mushrooms, the Amanita mascaras. To yeah. Do it, you know That's why I, mean? I think she's like a shaman. It's almost like exactly. she knows. She knew how to make that concoction, and people don't know. How, like only the, the other, like the He-Witch and people like that know how to make it. So it seems like she might be from wherever she comes from. That village that they raided or wherever she is actually born from. She comes from a line of descendancy that like Earth Mommy magically. Like, she she is like a crystal mommy girl boss. Like yeah. that's exactly But it works. Is. Like it's not like it's in a world where yeah, that's that's the the a faith. Yeah. She's a she they got She's hard. The best kind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh but I don't think any of the magic really is so um ridiculous you know what i mean like there's certain scenes of like like you said the he witch when he takes a piece of the skull and he throws it in the fire and it 
it pops up his flambe that, the fire that is like the one time where i feel like the magic is in like full force yeah. like this is 100 magic like the dead spirit of him is speaking through this he witch I have you know what i mean two like instances where you guys are talking about where i know like the, there is magic in the movie mm-hmm. they save his last tear yeah and then bjork has it like, how Let's return to him later right and yeah. to see bro hey, no, but that, like that's that's magic and my favorite thing the, like the, the blade the fact that yeah. it, like it can only come out at night, and it needs to be, it needs to feast on the blood of man, and and like the same scene where um the the king is talking to Anya Taylor Joy, like uh, Alexander Skarsgård wants to he wants to take him out right there, but he can't take he can't out the blade because it's not the time, and all of those things I thought, or the fact that the other he witch can get Willem Dafoe to again talk to him, those are all that's all magic, and, but and the fact that the mound dweller is a thing. That's what like you know say. what yeah, I mean, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> he has to defeat him, and then all of a sudden it was like a dream. And then that he goes was, back. He could just I thought take that was the so sword. cool. Elden Ring, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit was so hard. Yeah. We talked about that scene, but that is one of my favorite scenes. I yeah. guess just, the blade is so cool, and then the fact that he had to kill that some undead skeleton. king. Yeah, yeah, like that's Genghis awesome. Khanish. And one thing I did, so sick. I did see that um, the Mound Dweller's equipment. Uh, it, I guess it's like made of it's like Swedish Vendel era stuff, which is like oh, of course, for, right? You didn't you didn't notice that <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it was your spring collection a hundred <laughs> years ago, <laughs> but like that was just Robert Eggers using stuff that was like centuries older than all the stuff that people that's are wearing cool. nowadays. So like just that kind oh, of shit. You know what? I can I can further that point. He was saying in these Viking sagas, when you read them, that the reason that the weapon is usually magical is because the weapon itself is thousands of years exactly, old. Exactly, yeah. The story that's taking place in. So it's like, they, okay, so the story that we're in, yes, they believe in magic, but just like Game of Thrones or anything else, it's like, yeah, but a thousand but years ago. But the old gods and the old magic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bro, like, that was fun. That was crazy. Yeah, that, <laughs> the sword that they used then, yeah. that sword is yeah. the shit. That's yeah. the fucking... What did they call it in Zelda? The Master Sword? Uh, yeah. yeah, the Master Sword. Yeah. <laughs> Here it has a cool last name, the Nightblade. The I Draugr? Think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah, it has, it has that, sense for undead or whatever. It's fucking hard, dude. <laughs> that blade is sick. And it looks cool. It's fucking it's really monologues cool. to it. He does. He does speak to it. He's like, you guys never talk to your blade? He's like, got, got to give some exposition right quick. <laughs> I was a fool to think I could. <laughs> say like I don't know. Yeah. He's talking about his, I was a fool to think I could change my fate or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, fucking sick, dude. Um, a few more cast members. Is there anyone else that you guys really want to talk about? I mean, Willem Dafoe. I mean, I think Fionnor does an incredible job. Yeah, and he is. I wouldn't even say he's a villain in this movie. He's, he's an antagonist for yeah. sure. But to say that he is a driving force of evil and amless life is. I don't. I can't hold that judgment against him, especially no. like with these reveals that we get. And I had talked after the first viewing of like when you, if you were to look at this story in modern times, it would actually, like I don't know, maybe Nicole Kidman and the other guy are right. Yeah, ah, it's a, like, it's it really does put you in a tough position because then at the end it's like why, like why, like why yeah. do you have to do this at that exactly? Point? And I actually I found this quote that somebody said it's revenge, but it's not an eye for an eye. That's for sure. Like I think his revenge is overblown. This is I found yeah. a quote that somebody said about this movie. They said, "Revenge for a purpose is flawed but ultimately righteous, while revenge with no purpose is destructive but far more interesting." Yeah, you know what I mean. I, so. I feel like we got the latter. No, exactly. Right? That's what they're saying. Yeah. yeah, it's like you're you're seeking revenge, but like, and that's what I think that Robert Eggers did do different with this story compared to like The Lion King and Hamlet and all that other shit <laughs> is the fact that. 
he's not getting revenge to get his kingdom back. No. Like his kingdom is gone. That's the, like he that's a, that's a no go. Like from the be, like from you know the beginning of when he sets out on this quest, it's literally just to kill this man to get nothing else. You know, and I just think that's a little bit a different take on that story. I'll never remember these lines, but he says something along the lines of "I'm gonna haunt this place like a like a dead like a corpse." corpse that yeah. I, yeah. And, oh and, my god. In the second act, this turns into a horror movie for Flonier and his family. It does. He just terrorizes <laughs> their farm. And he gets some berserk-level violence. Like, if you guys have read Berserk mm-hmm. or watched the, watched the anime, like, you get some shit straight out of a splash page in Berserk. Seriously. So. How he leaves I the body. Really I was really happy with that as a Berserk fan myself. In the, in the barn, just... The way then they wake up and they see how he mended the bodies. That shit looks. Yeah, like he turned him into a horse. He looked like a demon. Like a demon did that. Dude, yeah. If you, if you like Berserk, Vinland Saga, Elden Ring, any of this shit, and you haven't seen this movie, or you're thinking it might not be for you, it definitely is right up those alleys. Mm-hmm. So go see that shit. But uh, other characters that I did want to bring up, I guess Gustav Lind. We talked about he played um, Thor the Proud. Oh, he's he's Flonier's oldest son, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you know, an interesting thing I noticed the second time is that when Flonier is introduced, he gets on Willem Dafoe's ass about making a jest, right? Mm-hmm. And then Ethan Hawke tells him like, "You have someone who needs your protection, and it's not me." And you see, it's Baby Thorir or whatever, yeah. however you say his name. And the look that Amleth has when he's a little kid is like, you could tell he's a little kid still. You know, he's, like, happy to see his little cousin, and he's smiling, and he's like, oh, cute, a baby, mm, yeah. you know? And then, spoiler alert, he impales him and rips his I heart know, out in the future. Crazy. So, and that, that is one of the reasons why I feel like the revenge in this movie is not an eye for an eye. And Ethan Hawke reference, this isn't balancing Ahmed's scales. <laughs> 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 but... The, the revenge in this is definitely not fair because, like, yeah, Thorer is a fucking douchebag. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if he really deserves to have his heart ripped out of his chest. Bro, he, he was asleep. He punched him. He yeah. hit him to the side. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? Cousinly love tap. <laughs> Look at me in the ass, slave. <laughs> like, too but I would say that his, his character um, is supposed to be annoying. Mm-hmm. I would assume so. And he is very annoying. He does come yeah, across as a... No one's ever going to beat the... What's the kid's name? Joffrey. No one oh, will ever no. be Joffrey. No, so no, you're no, never no, going to annoy yeah. me again with the middle no. kid. But he definitely did come across as a super bitch. Yeah. Like, you know, so... Like, even the first shot that we get of him when he's grown, he gets taken down while sparring with the people. And he, like, <laughs> he, throws his shit and runs away. He just <laughs> so seems very... Like, he has an attitude, you know. And um, I thought there was an interesting dynamic there. The other kid, uh, Fjolnir's other kid, the, the younger... Gunner. Gunner. Gun, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um... When he tells him about, like, why are we doing this peasant work? Like, you, this is your land, and I'm the. So damn, but, daddy, this is slavery. Yeah, and then he tells <laughs> yeah. him that because you don't know from one day to another if you'll still be king or you'll be a peasant, and it's best to be prepared for both. And it's the same thing. Like, if you under knew that there was, I mean, maybe he thought he really had killed them, right? But it seemed like there was a chance he had to, like, it always seemed like he was prepared that this is going to get taken away from me because the kingdom got taken away from them. There's a reference to that that. He's known as the uh, Fjolnir the Brotherless because everybody knows that he killed his brother for the kingdom, but then he ends up losing it anyways to another guy who's taking over in Norway. And that the same thing bounces back Ethan Hawke before he dies. He curses him for like, it, yeah. He's like, your reign's not going to be long. And, like, you go ahead and kill me, but, like, I already know my revenge is going to come for you. and Because he had already literally just made the pact with the kid. Like, hey, someone's going to kill me, and I need you to know, like, 
I, I need to die this way because I need to die as a warrior. But your duty as a Viking and my son is to wreak revenge on me. Yeah. I mean, and he definitely fulfills his dad's wishes. He did it. He, I don't think he could do it any better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the king that you're talking about that ended up taking Flonir shit from him, that king in real life ended up unifying Norway altogether. That's oh, Harold really? the Bluetooth. Yeah. That's cool. I know about him because of Viking, like all the Viking shit that I've read about before. But, oh, and th- you know what? I'll just bring it up now because this is a reference for later on with the Valkyrie. You know, she's got like the, oh, the cool teeth. Dental, dental marks. So the reason that he was called Harold the Bluetooth is because they excavated a bunch of, well, not for this movie, but of all the Viking skulls that have been excavated before. Just like the Mayans or the Aztecs or something, they would do body modification all the time. And it was like they would make indents in their teeth and just color it with pigment to look cool or just to look badass or whatever. And that guy was Harold the Bluetooth. Blue. And then you see the Valkyrie later because mm-hmm. people were wondering if it was braces and right. definitely wasn't some primitive style of, of that. It's just some cool jewelry. Yeah. I always think it's cool that in ancient times, like you guys have tattoos, right? And you guys don't have any piercings, but that body modification is still something that maybe some people would see as taboo. But yeah. It's like, they've been doing this since Forever, ancient Forever, literally yeah. for fucking people ever. People have been trying to express themselves through changing the way their body looks forever. Like, go dig up a skull. <laughs> <Be> like, <laughs> go go look at that. culture has different things. Yeah. It's interesting, like, the, we still see it now in, like, uh, more, uh, what do you call it, primitive cultures, like, in Africa, like, the bowls in between, like, their lips. You know what I mean? It's, like, jewelry. It's, like, every culture has different things. And um, I did think it was really cool how she had that. Um, it looks like braces, but it it's, it's not braces. Cause you can tell it's not on her teeth. It's just, like, on top of it, it's just sick. It's well, just it's cool. in the teeth. Like they would in, they would cut into the teeth, like That's take hard. layers away from the teeth to make an indent, and then add in the color. Bro, that would fucking hurt. Fuck, <laughs> Dude, Jesus. I, I, I think that was the other thing, though. I guess just since we're talking about that, why these ancient traditions or traditional, um, I'm using the cultures would do this because it's kind of like that rite of passage through pain. Because yeah, of course it, it hurt to put that in your teeth, but. It, as a Viking or as a woman of a Viking or the Valkyrie, like those pains are all worth it. Kind of like we've talked about the when we got in our tattoos. I know Nate has said that. Like mm-hmm. every time I get one, he's like, I know it hurts, but that's kind of why I like it. Later, there's like the scar is, is there of that pain. So yeah. you got to be a tough son of a bitch to live in those times anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, another thing I was going to say is that these mud. cultures back then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they get it on the mud for real. <laughs> um, it's none of this was easy. So then, like I was saying earlier with the religion tied with the, like the pain that just comes from being part of this culture is it's so much dedication like yeah. to a level that you wouldn't like people now would not understand. They're like, trust me, bro. You're not going to let people indent all 32 of your teeth and add color. I'm like you, motherfuckers. Like I'm not even going to the dentist to get a check. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. shit bugs me. You're like, let alone, I'm going to modify every single tooth I have. In no, that's crazy. With no fucking modern medicine. <laughs> And big that bounces back though to like those people all being wanting to be part of the same family, you know, like all these Viking people. That's obviously now it's hard for us to see that because social media and stuff like that. But before you want to be part of a community, even then it's primitive to be want to be part of a group. And sometimes that's how they did it. Like everybody has the same tattoo. Everybody has, you know, gold or blue on their teeth or green on their teeth or whatever. And people just went through the pain because now I'm one, I'm part of something. I, and at this time you needed to be part mm-hmm. of something. There's no way in hell you, you'd stay alive being on your own. No, no way. How long would you live in these Viking times? I probably wouldn't make it out of adolescence. <laughs> I'd be dead. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'd probably get sick. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's funny. I would have got a... What did I say in the first car ride? I was like, fuck the revenge. Let this motherfucker get a cavity and die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get a cavity and you die. know he ain't happy. <laughs> Let him die from gum rot. Be like, <laughs> he, he had halitosis and he died. He broke huh? his leg. Had to die. Had to cut the whole thing off. Um, he died in the surgery. Cass. Oh, yeah. Do you guys other, feel like yeah. there's anyone left, really, that you need to bring up before we just... I wanted to bring up the nose guy. The okay. guy who doesn't have, like, who is a stub basically has a nose later, just because I thought it was the, the line that he ends up giving to him at the end, like how the cub had a bite of the nose. He's like, now he's and back, come for, back the for the rest. full thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just kind of thought it was interesting that also when he first comes back as a slave, he's the first person to see him. And of course, he, well, I don't know. The camera work kind of seems like it kind of recognized him. It, it obviously it didn't, but it kind of made it seem like he thought about They're it. They're like, dumbasses. None of them recognize him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. They don't. That's a, I mean, that's, they, they think that's not he's a plot dead. hole, but no. it's very like I don't want to say st- I don't know what to call it. It's not stupid. It's not a plot hole. Like this guy's like, three feet taller than everybody that's here. Like you don't, you're not. Sus he doesn't about look this. like a Viking to you. Yeah. Or Nicole Kidman never noticed once. Like, did she really not look at him? Or she never actually came across him the entire time that he was the there. biggest guy there. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's so much bigger than every other because every other person was really a slave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, I think it's time to talk about Alexander Skarsgård. He's the man. Mind, and I feel like that really opens us up to talking about whatever mm-hmm. we really want because he's basically he's in every movie. scene in the movie. Yeah. Um, like we said, just ridiculous powerhouse animalistic he... fury feral filled performance I've ever seen. Maybe. Yeah. Now he went primal. Like he went straight primal and it was incredibly fun to watch. <laughs> like it really was. I mean, he's a fantastic actor. The whole family obviously is. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that on this. Um, I think he sounds the most like his dad out of all of them. Like like Stellan like Skarsgård. Yeah. He definitely sounds like him the most. Um I don't That's even true. Know. Yeah. Where do you guys want to start with this guy? Dude, I don't know. Like the thing that all, that keeps sticking in my brain is the scene where right before they go, um, you know, raid the town in Roos or whatever, and they're just out there doing like the wolf chant thing, and the he's just ritual. screaming, and then you just get the close up of like, I don't know, man. Like it really just set the tone for like this guy is fucking unhinged, and like there's just no mercy. It's, it's crazy. It's funny how that works because nowadays I feel like that's I understand. The war cries and all of that, but that's really reserved for children's sports more than anything. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> right? Or like, no, I, I, this is going to sound disrespectful and I really don't want it to be, but like when you see New Zealand do like the haka mm-hmm. and they think that they're scaring people and Team USA is like, bro, we're about to dub you by 50 points right now. I don't <laughs> care how scary you are and you stick your tongue out. This doesn't work anymore. Yeah. But <laughs> no disrespect. Sorry. With all due respect to the haka. <laughs> but... <laughs> But back in those days, I could see why this would, like, work. Like, you know, we see the we see the mushrooms and in Viking mythology before, and like in shows like Vinland Saga, the the mushroom was a thing that would make them go berserk, right? So they would use that to fight, which really makes no sense. If you've ever had mushrooms, I you would know that the last thing you're gonna want to do is like, let me go start a fucking fist fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that these these dances were kind of like the closest they could get to like hyping themselves up by doing these dances and howling. And it's just like, a, like you said, a feral thing of just, I'm going to act like an animal for like 10, 15 minutes before I do this. And then I'm in that state. Yeah. Of mind. Like shed your skin. You're no longer a person. You're an animal. Yeah. It's like some winter soldier level. Fucking yeah. Brainwashing. It's, it's wild. And then you have the connection to it where it does. We're talking about the magic in this movie where 
then because he's been part of this like culture of dogs or whatever, he can call on dogs. Oh yeah, like he he has when he's howling at the yeah yeah. he's accepted as a wolf. Alexander Skarsgård has ambiguous magic powers in this movie, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, like because he sticks the dogs on him at one point. He does. It gets like it's kind of like what you said again. It's not that they're magical. It's like they know how to evoke mystical, like how to call upon them. Not that they themselves have magic, but they're like I know how to call wolves, or I know what shroom concoction to make to make these people go mad. As they would think, but it, there's a lot of mysticism in there, and it it's ambiguous. For I sure. think the point just needs to keep getting beat home that it's because these people believed this, and mm-hmm. that's why it works for this movie. It, it's it's yeah. not it's not ridiculous because you know that the characters are taking this one thousand percent serious. Like mm-hmm. he does believe that he is a wolf. He does believe yeah. that he can call on these wolves mm-hmm. to fuck the village up. You know what I mean? So maybe he can. Yeah. You know? so, and he do. And it's like we said in the other podcast, like, hey, bro, magic probably existed back then. So Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Too many cell phone satellites. They just, they just put it on yeah. the cell phone. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's like if uh, in 2,000 years, in 1,000 years, they made a movie and it was about Christians and be like, they prayed to God that the apple would show up and it showed up because it, they prayed. They believed in it, so it showed up. And like, that's the same way here. Like, they believed in connection to earth and legends and mystical things so yeah you can you can call on dogs the the listeners won't be able to see this but it's like look bro the forbidden fruit as i hold up my iphone <laughs> yeah exactly the apple, yeah <laughs> with all its forbidden knowledge <laughs> yeah so, so maybe in 2000 years people are gonna think who knows yeah right? they might exactly. dig up our skulls and find an iphone and be like what the hell is this, this is a tablet to Is God. This, this was witchcraft yeah. yeah yeah i mean i hope not uh, yeah. I hope they're f- far more advanced than us. I hope there's not another Dark Ages. Bro, right? we, we they, <laughs> n- ain't nobody going to be around in that long. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Let's just be honest. Only the cell phones. <laughs> yeah, and they will have exactly. adapted the and cockroaches. Yeah, for real. The cockroaches will roam. Yeah, Earth. with iPhone shells. Uh, <laughs> exoskeletons made of iPhones. <laughs> Those crabs are going to take up homes as their iPhones. <laughs> Marcel the shell is going to live in my yeah. iPhone. Uh, but getting back to Alexander Skarsgård. Favorite moments other than the wolf dance? I mean, we can't uh, say that one. I man, know there's no, plenty I don't of know. I did want to say something really fast because we were just talking about like the Christianity and all that. I forgot, but now I remembered. I thought it was really funny when you, the dude that you brought up, the dude with the bitten off nose, mm-hmm. when they had seen like the uh, the two like people that were that Skarsgård like chopped up and like positioned on the side of the house, like a horse or whatever. When he's like, do you think this is the work of Christians? He's like, they nailed their God yeah. to a tree. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I thought just, it was yeah, so funny. Their God is a corpse nailed <laughs> to, to a tree. tree. <laughs> I know. I, I, that was one thing I had thought too, is like these Vikings are so brutal, right? But they're also so artistic at the same time. So that, even though they're this brutal, they think of Christians as like they're fucked. It's just it's yeah, always it's always to see like yeah. it's always funny to see like the other side depending like, well, what the fuck? You nailed your god to a tree. It's like, what are you talking about? We My worship god ours lives in the woods. Yeah. I like how the logic just there becomes like like, well, how could it? How could your god be real? Like you nailed that shit, or how could your religion make sense? Like yeah, like, I mean, some religious side talk here. The the imagery of Jesus Christ on the cross is pretty fucking metal. It's, it's you know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck, yeah, that's some gnarly shit to look. Yeah, when yep. you look at crown other of cultures, co- uh, crown of thorns bleeding from the the ribs, like yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Totally emaciated. Emaciated. He rises from the dead. The fool came back. <laughs> and, and he kicks it with, with the with and the he prostitutes. Kicks it with <laughs> 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 yeah. He just gives everybody different names. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm exactly. gonna call you this so now. Shit. That's crazy. Nah, Solomon, you're John now. Paul, how about Saul? What? No, yeah, the Christian God is pretty fucking metal, like, <laughs> all things considered. But 
bouncing back. Sorry, bouncing off of brutality. This does segue into uh, one of my favorite Skarsgård scene, Alexander Skarsgård scenes in this. A uh, very weird scene. So they play this weird game, right? Like this br- brutal game mm-hmm. um, where I guess it's like a mixture of <laughs> Quidditch. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a primitive Quidditch kind of. And it's it field hockey. It was very interesting how like that's where you know they use CGI. This guy fucking hits the shit out of the ball and hits like the one um, mm-hmm. like post. That was real. Anyways, that's a mountain, bro. Is, there's this huge fucking guy who is taking the game way more serious than anybody else's. And then all of a sudden, the younger kid, I don't know why, he wants to get involved into the game to score to win the game. And he gets taken the fuck out <laughs> by this huge guy. And Alexander Skarsgård, at this point, he already knows it's his brother, right? Mm-hmm. Or half-brother, I guess. So he just fucking starts wailing on this dude. And we just get scenes of him using his head to, like, yeah, like you said, it could have been bloodier there. That's one of the scenes where it, it could have been bloodier. They could have shown us how he dents in his head, but they don't. They just show you how much blood he gets on his head. And we hear the, the cracking of the head. And that's, like, the most primitive feral that I seen him in the fucking movie and I was like that's just hard I just thought like this is a hard ass scene my yeah that scene's incredible I think I don't know I have a couple favorite parts maybe I just think I, I like the scene with in the very beginning where he's basically like you know well, Willem Dafoe and Ethan Hawke are like they they take they drink the bulls and they're wolves and like he sees like the tree of the dead kings and all that like that part is fucking incredible I also love the when they sack the town in Roost, like that's just such a crazy scene. That's cool. Dude. When he when he bites a fool's throat out. You've seen this in the trailer. Yeah. He three sixty no scopes somebody with a fucking spear. Bro. Apparently that's like from an old Viking tale. Like somebody was famous for doing that or something. Three sixty no scopes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's in the trailer, but that is one of the hardest things I've seen in a that long shit's time. crazy. I wish it wasn't just so I was more like You know <gasps> the, the, I feel like I feel like seeing that for the first time. It's like you're looking at this trailer and you're like, okay, cool, cool. Like, I, I, I see where this is going. And then you see that and you're like, let's fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he has a wolf on his fucking head. Yep. You know, and we talked grass. about re, recontextualizing the movie and reorienting how you feel about it. But don't you think now in hindsight that should have let you know what kind of movie you were in for? No, yeah, for sure. For sure. Is that he 360 no-scoped somebody? <laughs> like, bro. <laughs> This is not the witch. This is not the lighthouse for sure. Damn. But I think that scene is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's like a 90 second sequence of just pure madness. And, and his like his body language and his demeanor in that is like, it's scary, honestly. Oh, dude. He's like, joking. what would you do? He would fuck it. He would wreck me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's because he moves like a Terminator. Like, it's slow and precise. And mm-hmm. he knows exactly what he's going to do. So There's calm. No, so cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's nothing about it that is scary it's for him. It's just another Tuesday for At him. At that point, they've already done the seance. So it's like, he's a dog. Yeah. You know, and... Even the small intricacies in how he climbs the wall. Like with, with the Tom Just low-key yeah, hits the spear out of the way. Like, Get the shit out of my face. And then I like how the camera follows him up and then kind of goes to the wall. And he, he, you see him climb over and then just start taking people out. The, that 90-second sequence is just... That's where the cinematography is like just to the top. The sequencing, the pacing, everything is perfect in those 90 seconds. That yeah, is that's, a really that's good crazy scene. choreography. So it's single camera movie because all of Robert Eggers are single, single camera movies. They had to do these things like 28 times yeah. because wow. it's like if anyone messed up, it had to be perfect everywhere. Because if it was, it's not like you could just be like, okay, cut, stop, go back. No. So they would do the whole thing every time, that's all 90 seconds. And then, like, dude, I'm sorry, this guy wasn't, it didn't look right. 
or oh you're gonna have to do this again and like sometimes the actors you know these big fucking crazy looking men would be exhausted and tired and then they would go sit down and be like um we're not done yet like i'm gonna need you to do it again yeah. because in the background this doesn't look right so yeah what i had talked about with jaron blaschke's camera work leveling up in this movie i feel like this 90 seconds it's probably the highlight of the movie in, mm. in that regard. Mm-hmm. I would say so. From a cinematography yes. point of view. And not to bring up an old movie that we talked about, but I couldn't help but think of Ron when I was watching that scene. And then I'm like, yeah. this doesn't compare to Ron. No, no, no. Will no. Ever compare That's just to like this. 15 minutes. No, yeah. I'm like, sorry, no raid or siege of a castle is ever going to beat this. Again. No. You should just stop doing these scenes. She's crazy. <laughs> I do think, I think that my like last favorite scene probably is his dream sequence when the Valkyries carrying him into Valhalla. Like, I just thought that's just so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just fucking awesome. It's, I mean, it's, it's CGI, which I think seeing Robert Eggers use this type, this level of CGI was nice for a change mm-hmm. because I think it shows that he can do something new. Um, and I don't think any of it is really so offensive, honestly. I mean, the, war, the one you see, um, the tree inside of his body that we had talked about. So in Viking mythology, that tree is Yggdrasil. That's the life tree. That's like a huge part of... If you've seen Thor, you know what that tree is. You know what I mean? Or if you've played Dragon Quest or if you play Super Smash Bros. Like, that tree is in the game. So it's a pretty common thing. But uh, that sequence is all CGI, and I think it looks really... Really good. No, I think the CGI on this movie is seamless. The only time where it it didn't really take me out, but I was just like, that is f- obviously CGI is when... The fox. No, well, no. Well, yes, but no. But when the dude's nose gets bitten off, mm-hmm. and then he's, like, facing you while his nose is bleeding, like, there was just one movement where it just looked a little off to me, but I was like, whatever. I'm not going to nitpick well, it. Well, on that sense, you know what I thought looked fake? And like it was not like it was CGI, but it was a prosthetic, and it was obviously not a real person. Is when they're doing the uh, burial the ritual funeral. for the prince. Yep, that was not his head. No, what what was up with his nose? Yeah, it looked like it looked like they had a fake like nose. Makeup. Yeah, like it looked really where weird they, where they cut it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't. Know. I thought that was weird too. Um, that was probably. I don't even know if that's CGI. I don't think it is, but I think effects wise, that's probably the worst thing. Yeah, in the movie I did notice that because the CGI itself holds up pretty well. I would say I think it's like so some too. Trippy tie dye masterpiece. Right? Yeah, no, it's incredible. Yeah, it's awesome. That's funny. The the tree sequence, right? Yeah, that, that sounds, yeah. I don't Dude, know. when they're sailing into the tree and the northern lights are going, like, like oh shot. my god, like that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude, the tr- I love the idea of the family life tree, like yeah. being able to see that, and it's it adds more to that ambiguous magic because it's like, does Alexander Skarsgård have visions of the future and the past? Like, and I think maybe that is part of the reason you see that Star Wars connection because he's got a little Anakin in him where it's like, <laughs> you're the chosen one. Like, you can see into the past and the future, yeah. right? Like, by drinking people's blood. Like, Yeah, that was so weird. I was like, I can taste my... Dude, at first I was like, are they related? Like, that's where I thought I that they were going with I that. Like, I was like, no, no not again. His <laughs> <laughs> homie's down bad, but yeah. I was like, okay, thank God. I mean, in these times, this is part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Probably fuck your cousin once or twice. <laughs> oh my god! Real day, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> the the Southman in Alabama. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, I, I, how much more do you guys have to say? Do you feel like I have? I have a little note here that I actually thought was kind of interesting. It was post production note. After they wrapped shooting, they gave a bunch of the actors like gifts. From the set. I don't know if that's like a common thing that they do or not, but they gave Nicole Kidman a sword. They gave Bjork three horses. 
they gave Willem Dafoe one of the long ships. That's so tight. Right? And then they gave Alexander Skarsgård, um, they framed his, like, diaper that he was basically wearing at the end that was all bloody. Like, that's, that's what he got. But I'm like, Willem Dafoe got a oh, fucking that, long ship? That sounds like when they did a Russell Crowe. They had given him the, the underwear from Gladiator. Oh, yeah. And then he sold it a couple, um, I think it was years ago now. But I just thought that was funny. Like, she got horses in a long ship. Like, that's hard as fuck, dude. That's pretty cool. Um, Bjork, like you said, that was an awesome performance mm-hmm. as well. I made the joke that she played as Rafiki, but kind of true. That is kind of what she's there for. I she's do like kind of wish guy. we got a little bit more of her, but I get it. It is what it is. I mean... I feel like in these kinds of stories, which it always makes me laugh because I feel like my brain is too fried. You'd have to tell me four times what my mission is. You know, I would mm-hmm. be like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to do it. Let me write this down. Yeah, exactly. And I always think it's funny in these revenge stories or like these epics, like they just get told once their prophecy and they remember it just beat for beat. Like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I feel like I'd be like, you start over. Let me write this down. Exactly. That's funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, the Northman, Rofe, you have some closing thoughts? Yeah. Um, I, closing thoughts. I guess I'm going to go with um, this is easily his most accessible film. It's going to be, I think, his most successful film. Um, I wish I liked it more. I wish um, the pacing was different. I wish it was a one hour and 40 or 30 minutes of just fucking straight, straight revenge. Or I wish it was a three hour meditative thing on vengeance. I don't like that it sits in the middle. Um, I like. Oh my God. Give it to me. I don't know. I just like, it's either, I didn't like, I don't think this is a perfect mixture of both of his things here. I think it's more towards. Uh, mainstream than I would have wanted personally, but I still think uh, once I readjusted to what I was expecting from the movie, it's still the best kind of um, epic saga that has come out in a while. Um, Everything, the intricacies that go into it that we've talked about so much right now, the costumes, um, the sets, the, 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 the locations, everything is on par and it's not to be overlooked. And I think um, his meticulousness still comes at big play here and those silly scenes where i do really really love still are scenes that stand out to me as it's part of his three movies that he does have i do think this is the weakest one out of the three movies but that doesn't mean that the movie is bad um i had a lot of fun watching this movie and i think you should go watch it in theaters because in dolby that like um you just need to hear all of this stuff as loud as you can yeah, I'd say, obviously, love the film. I love this movie. I really do. I, I'm happy that we saw it again, when, like, right after seeing it the first time, honestly. Um, like like we said, I wasn't necessarily an ex- I don't know. I don't know what I really expected going into it. Like, it, it is a lot different than his other films. But, like I said earlier, it makes me really excited to see what he's going to do next now that we know that he can do something like this and have it be really successful. Like, I still do like The Lighthouse more than this movie. After seeing it the first time, I was convinced I liked The Witch more than it. Now it, they're kind of sitting, like, side by side. I might like The Northman a little bit more. I'm not, I'm not really sure yet. But super fun movie. Like, if you're looking for something to just go see and be like, I want to be entertained. I want to see some crazy shit. Like, I just, I want to go have fun and see some some gnarly Viking shit. Like, this is that movie. And once again, it's it, its successfulness is because of Robert Eggers and his 
his his love for movies and his love for creating you know for creating things and i just i don't know i'm sad that we're not getting those for Atu, but i'm very excited for what he's gonna <laughs> do next um my closing thoughts i am i'm completely satisfied i do think after the second viewing this movie really did just hit me the way i wanted it to the first time Take that how you will. I don't know if that's good or bad. I know some people will think like, well, if it wasn't perfect the first time for you, then whatever. But one of my favorite movies of all time, Hereditary, I absolutely despised it the first time I saw it. And so opinions can change. I know that for sure. And maybe in a few years, I will think The Witch is better. But for now, I still like The Lighthouse the most. Um, I just feel like that's so that's such a singular vision that I couldn't even... I still can't believe that movie exists. That, when I that movie it, right? is, is literally perfect. And with perfect. this movie, it's not that I, I, I could believe this. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, in the 80s comparison is Conan the Barbarian, but then, like, I really like the movie um, Excalibur, and I feel like this movie is kind of like a this generation's version of that, where I'm like, damn, this gave me everything I want. Of an action adventure movie. Go I know ahead. that. I, I just gonna say like I know you like like Ben Hur, right? Ben Hur, like Beastmaster, like would stuff you like see that. that. Like under, I guess what I, I thinking to those films, this is the most brutal feral of those films. Oh uh, yeah, you I, know would, what I, I mean? would say so. Which is what I think Ele- Robert Eggers elevates it to that. And um, there was something I was going to bring up that you said. Oh. Gus, after we first watched in the first viewing, walked out, and he's, I don't know if you still feel this way, but this is how I still feel about it, was that this was the first movie that you could have told me somebody else directed it, and I would have believed you. Oh, Like, yeah. Robert Eggers I do does, think that. does bring in his, like, obviously we've talked about it, and that's why I wanted to punctuate on it. Like, the stuff that's really good is Robert Eggers can only do it, but the overall thing that we got here, the overall product, you could have told me somebody else did it, and I would have believed you. I don't think that's Robert Eggers' fault more than it is just a fault of mainstream movie making mm-hmm. altogether, though. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, could someone else have directed Indiana Jones? Yes, but no, it wouldn't have been as good. Yeah. And I do think that's what we have here, is where, yes, someone else could have made this, and yes, it does remind me of John Borman films, but it's it's still a, Robert Eggers' vision, and I think that's what makes it so weird and... I know it sounds dumb, but like vibey, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Is like, because I know what this guy brings to the movie and I think they can kind of separate themselves from each other of like the fact that it's so mainstream and still being someone's vision. And yeah, I mean, I, I like this movie even the more I think about it. I do too. Even talking about it right now, I'm like, Oh man, like, let's go. (laughs) There's some, there's sequences that stay in my head like forever. And I do think this movie fits my criteria of like, this is fun while also still having, like the quote unquote real shit there. So like it, it hits that balance for me of being like the most fun it could be while also being not art house, but it's got a vision to it. Yeah. You know? It's like not, it's not cheap cinema. Exactly. Yeah. It's not cheap. There you go. That's what I was trying to say. But yeah, I mean, I fucking love this movie. Yeah. What, what would you rate it if you had to give it stars? I went at four originally. Yeah. But then I'm like, no, this is a four and a half. That's because the only thing for me is that it, it could be a tiny bit shorter, mm-hmm. but I would agree. I don't really, whatever, be like, yeah. almost every epic movie is too long. I mean, even some of the ones we really like. Yeah. Does Ron have to be that long? Does Indiana Jones have to Bro, be that Ben-Hur long? Bro, Ben-Hur is like four fucking hours. Like, Does the Irishman have to be that long? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it doesn't, no. right? So then I'm kind of like, I don't even want a director's cut of this that's longer. Even if you gave me one that was a tiny bit shorter, I might enjoy it more. But yeah, like that first hour, peak cinema. Yeah, incredible. Straight gas. Like it really was. 
And this wouldn't be the first movie to be like, oh, it's not as good in the second half. Like, okay, why are you going to nitpick that? It, that's so, it's so opposite of Robert Eggers, too. Because usually his movies start out so slow, and then they just pop off at the end, where in the beginning it was like, and then it slowed down a little uh, bit. I think there's more to nitpick here than there is actual faults in the movie. Yeah, I think so. But we're talking about Robert Eggers and the fucking our Mount Rushmore of new filmmakers, so of course we're judging it like that. But... Bro, sure. if someone else made this, we wouldn't have even wanted to go see it. Let's be real. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> like, honestly. So I was going to say, we brought up a lot of the comparisons. And I, I ironically have The Green Knight and this movie rated the same. It was like four stars four. out of five. But I think what I what they both lack from each other is what I wish the other one had. Yeah, so, I like, what you. The Green Knight lacks is what I had. I wish it had more of The Northman. And what The Northman doesn't have is, do you know in the beginning in The Green Knight... It starts and he's like this fool's out with the whores and he's like drinking and you know he's not a knight and mm-hmm. we get a bunch of us living in the worlds of this like where he's from. I don't get any of that here. I literally get his father coming back and his whole goal the whole movie is to get revenge. But I did not get anything else that is more complex of this character. I got no background of what whatever place they were at that they were living at i didn't get to see him be a kid i didn't get to see him have any moments with this we, we get the moment with this dad right but that's literally like he hasn't seen him in forever so he comes back and he's dead all right and i know that's that's how the tale went but you could have given me some moments in there that's what i was talking about like it could be a three-hour meditative piece like okay well where is the all the intricacies the moments of like he became a viking and we just he's just rowing in the boat he's just a viking already and then he cuts his hair off within like 12 minutes he needed the akuna matata simba growing up <laughs> i needed a, i needed the montage i needed the <laughs> yeah. montage of him getting slightly bigger as he walked across the it's log. like there was there was no um living in the world as no, much yeah, as i would have right. wanted to well i will say as a counterpoint to one of the things and this is just one of the things cuz i do agree with some of what you're saying is like the kingdom thing does it matter when it's not a focal point of the movie? Like that becomes an afterthought where you're like, Oh, it's not even about him becoming a King again. It's just about him getting, he's like, Oh, he's a farmer. I don't give a fuck. I still want my revenge. Yeah. It isn't about the getting his kingdom back, but that's just one small, tiny counterpoint. I do think a lot of what you're saying is true, but I don't, I don't feel that way, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't feel that way, but I, I do see what you're saying. And I feel like a lot of other people might feel that way too. I mean, so. yeah. It was like, well, I wanted to see him suffer more as a kid. It's like there was no, That's there like there, there almost was like a lack of depth to the characters, That's I guess. That's what I mean, the lack but, of depth to the characters. Like it just seems very gory to, to what, yeah, like we're all getting revenge. So like... Amleth is getting revenge, so everybody's goal is for Amleth to get revenge, and that's that's not what it was like, I'm sure. Or like if realistically, if in a situation like that, that's not what it would be like. And the green the green knight, as opposed to that, be like it's him trying to find out if he's a knight, like or if he can be the knight. But all of these other tests that he goes through proves like who he is as a person. But we don't get any of those moments in Northman. It's just yeah. guy trying to seek revenge. And I and, and I, like that. That's the move. That's, that's yeah. The movie, yeah that's though. like that's what I think. Maybe the problem is is like that is the movie. Like that's it. Like I think that's all he wanted to do. Probably. Did you, know you watch I mean? the trailer? That's the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, that he did anything or that he missed anything. Is what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't think that he forgot about the things that you're mentioning. I thought that he must have felt like they weren't that important. Like for him, at least. Yeah. Which is that's an editing choice, right? It's like. Do you do I want to show you the life of him in the between? And it's like, mm, no, probably not. Because I feel like, yes, it would be more interesting. I don't know how much it would add to his character. I think it would just add to the suffering of like his life fucking sucks. Yeah. Because that is the inference that you get from it is that 
He has a life, a life of death. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and it's like, I, I feel like it would make him even more unlikable because he is somewhat unlikable to the fact that you're like, you just grew up to be exactly what you hated. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I personally don't know what we would have got out of seeing that. I don't know. Because I guess like you, how you had said that, um, I don't know if you said this before it's the podcast started, but how he said that it was going to be hard for him to entertain people for this. Like that was the goal for this one. Yeah. And he knew like him saying that is me knowing that he also knows that he backburned any of the stuff that in The Witch or in The Lighthouse, for example, that I know that he's lying. Like he's not out there because um, he's just a guy working all around. Like, we've gotten notes of him, like, he's lying of the person that he is. And in this, there was, like, that depth that is in The Witch and in The Lighthouse. It's not there. And even he, like, saying that knows, like, well, they gave me the $90 million to entertain people. So, of course, I wasn't going to give you the intricacies of is Amleth, because it looked like he wasn't, he wasn't going to do the mission, or he wasn't going to go in vengeance up until Bjork tells him to. Like, did you forget what you told your dad? Like, He's like oh, shit. He yeah. ran away. Yeah. And so, like, well, why did he run away, right? Like, that that's the stuff. Like, what did what happened to him for him to be? Because when, he, when I, you last showed me him rowing the boat, he said, I'm going to seek revenge on him. So then how come all of a sudden he has to be convinced that he has to seek revenge? And those are the stuff where I'm like, you didn't give me enough time to live in that world. Yeah. For me to know why he's a complicated character. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, 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 I'm yeah. trying to just like get like the the I needed to see not not I don't know exactly what I needed to see, but I just needed to see moments of him. Why is he conflicted? Mm-hmm. And then I only got that with Anya Taylor Joy after he finds out she's pregnant. But I'm like, where was that before? Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, I I get it, mm-hmm. I get it, but I also I just think it's we see it a little different. Yeah, of like. And I do think it's because the movie itself is something we've seen before. I don't know if it's like a snobby thing to say, be like, because I've seen other movies like this, I don't need to see this. That's honestly, that's how like, I feel. Yeah, it's like Batman's parents dying. It's like again. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like I mean, like you know, like he has to go somewhere new. He has to start a new life. Time passes. You forget about stuff that happened in the past, and then your fate comes and finds you. Like that's how I took it. So, but I mean, I get it. Like no, yeah, I do that's, see. That's it. why I'm saying I do get it. And yeah, because I've watched that show Vinland Saga. What he's talking about. That's all of Vinland Saga, the first season of, like, the in-between journey of, like, this tragic event and me getting my revenge. Getting back on your so feet and, saying, like, like oh, establishing yourself. because I've seen yourself. that, it doesn't need it. Yeah. But I just do think, because of, like, the cinematic language of this movie, because it's a been-there-done-that type of story, that you kind of, like, I, I, I know. I, I, I know that you only want revenge. And... I feel like uh, Alexander Skarsgård character, like the sequence we talked about earlier with him and Anya Taylor-Joy, where he's like, I never felt close to a person like this. I just think it's because for these years, he's literally been nothing but a, he's just a, an animal. Yeah, like he he is a one-track mind animal. Like, yeah, that's it. Survive and kill. Like, And it's like, I just feel like we would have gotten 20 more minutes of that or seeing him progressively become more brutal and brutal. It, it, to me, it's like it, would, it wouldn't have been, I think if they had put that stuff in, that it wouldn't have been fulfilling that it just would have been progressively more violent to show you how he became this little boy give me the prequel (laughs) he wants lion king one and a half (laughs) the northman one and a half (laughs) (laughs) if it's gonna copy lion king it's gonna have to go this route the north scene he should have lived so i could have got uh the northman three amleth's pride (laughs) (laughs) no but I mean, I, I I understand. I get it. But I think it's really good. So I think this wraps us up, right? I think so, yeah. I, I, 
I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this isn't the last time we'll ever talk about this movie. Probably not. No. It's either going to get brought up again. Fuck, I don't know. Maybe one day we'll do another fucking episode on it when it comes out or something. But I'm kind of sad that we're ending the Robert Eggers trilogy. It was fun. We're not going to talk about him for probably years. A few years, yeah. yeah. Damn. Who knows what the fuck is going to happen? Not Nosferatu. <laughs> the hotel might have been condemned by then. I know. <laughs> True. We got evicted. Yeah, we got evicted. <laughs> but this does segue us into an interesting little in-between before we do it with someone else we really love, which is Jordan Peele. And maybe Ari Aster. I don't know when that's we're going to... That's true. Gonna... Mm-hmm. Forgot. Because that, that's still undecided on the date. We want to, obviously, but hopefully they announce it with enough time where we can plan that. Tell us if you guys like this. Like, do you like us going through a short filmography in consecutive weeks, or would you like us to space this out? I mean, I don't know if we'll listen to you, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, I would I'm curious. Like to know if it is kind of like, damn, now that they've covered them all, they're not going to get to talk to him for a, about him for a while, which... That does make me sad. But, may, hey, maybe one day we'll do the the, the Van Helsing fan cast. Oh, we got it. That's an idea we've talked about, and I do think that would be a lot of fun. I think that'd be so funny. But, yeah, I mean, I know for sure we're doing this for Jordan Peele. Yeah, right? 100%. We're going to do Get Out and Us and Nope. Back no. To back to back. I will be making my return to live recording then. So... I'm real. I'm just so excited for that. I told Nate yesterday in the theater. I was like, "That's the movie I'm the most excited." Yeah, for sure. That's what I'm absolutely hyped on right now. Definitely not Doctor Strange. Things are getting out of hand. Things are getting out of hand. <laughs> do we have an idea? What are we gonna do next week? No, huh? I want to do everything everywhere all oh, at once. I'll be down. Yeah. And then uh, I think Memoria after that. We're mm-hmm. finally going to get a chance to Fuck see that elusive yeah. son of a bitch. I hope it sucks. What up, Tilda Swinton? <laughs> uh, I hope it sucks. My heart is as cold as ice thinking about Memoria and its fucking rollout or lack thereof. But, yeah, man. Any uh, Anything you guys want to say before we cut this off? No, this movie is awesome. Go see it's it. Awesome. Go see it. No? no? You got, got it all out. All right, you guys know the drill. Smash the buttons. Leave <laughs> us a message. Tell us if you've seen The Northman. This one fucking rocks. It's fucking rad. Skull. Skull! Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Later.